In over 10 years of going to shows, I've met some really interesting people along the way. Folkies, metalheads, old school punks, sweetheart singer-songwriters, and everyone in between. I figured now was as good a time as ever for me to share their stories. Conversations about music where no genre and no topic is off-limits. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. Hey everyone, it's David James Young here. Welcome back to another episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. I apologize in advance if I sound a little fucked, because I am. Uh, winter has indeed come, people, and uh, probably didn't help that I was screaming along to your mates and mine title fight last night. So please forgive the uh, the wear and tear that you're going to be hearing all over my goddamn voice, but... Uh, I'll try and keep it nice and short for you guys. Remember, if you have anything that you would like plugged, uh, any gig from Thursday to Sunday, generally I report on Newcastle, Wollongong, and Sydney, uh, but I tend to throw in some other New South Wales areas as well if that is what is happening. Uh, So just, uh, yeah, get in contact and let me know. David James Young writes at gmail.com at DJY writes on Twitter or just hit up all my friends are in bar bands on Facebook. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out on Thursday, June 25th, Beast and Flood, who are a great weird indie rock band from Sydney. Uh, they have just put out their debut album and they're doing a couple of launch shows for it. And they're playing at Rad Bar tonight in Wollongong. They will also be playing on Friday at Blackwire Records with Hannah Band, uh, old friends of the show. So, yeah, would strongly recommend checking those guys out. Really interesting, really provocative, and, yeah, like genuinely weird music, which I think is what we need a bit more of, really. Absolutely. Friday night, youth group are playing at Newtown Social Club. Uh, You would have probably heard that mentioned in the episode where I chatted with Toby Martin from youth group. That's going to be at Newtown Social Club with Unity Floors and Devotional. And youth group will be playing Skeleton Jar in its entirety, as well as some older favorites and maybe a new song or two. Just maybe. Also, uh, Pirate Folk Collective, yeah, that's a real thing, the Button Collective, they are going to be playing a show at Gut, which is on Salisbury Road in Camperdown, uh, it's just down from Australia Street in Newtown, it's pretty easy to get to from what I've gathered, and, uh, this is gonna be their final show in Sydney for the foreseeable future, as they are relocating to Melbourne. Meanwhile, Spod is going to be playing a set at Waywards, which is the Bank Hotel in Newtown. I believe he will be hitting the stage about midnight, so if you're at another show, come over. Get your fuck on with your mate and mine, Spod. Heath Anthony will be playing at the Lass O'Gary in Newcastle on Friday. He's just up in Newcastle for a couple of days. He's an Adelaide boy originally. 
He will also be playing at the Hamilton Station Hotel this Sunday night with Jen Buxton, which is super cool. By the way, Jen Buxton is back on Twitter. Yeah, no shit. Um, I'm really stoked, uh, especially considering that we were talking about how she is impossible to find on social media. But not anymore, baby. So please follow at Mama Grimoire, which is at M-A-M-A-G-R-I-M-O-I-R-E. You got it. Saturday night, finally, Colossus out of Melbourne. I've spoken to their lead singer, Lachlan Watt, on the show's second ever episode. And uh, saw them recently with King Parrot in Wollongong, and they fucking killed it. So one will assume that they will be fucking killing it again this Saturday. Uh, At 8pm, they are going to be opening for the Black Dahlia Murder at the factory. And at midnight, they are going to be playing a set at Venom Nightclub at the Agincourt Hotel. Brutal. The guest on the podcast this week is Georgia Mack. The beautiful, wonderful Georgia McDonald's who just, just turned 21. Just this week. 21. Bloody hell. And she has already cemented a solid reputation for herself as one of the most interesting and promising and talented songwriters in this country. I adore this young woman. I see a lot of what Jen Buxton was doing back in the day. I see a lot of, you know, people like Jess Locke as well in there. And I just genuinely feel the fucking love every time I see Georgia play. It's just wonderful. And I'm so, so glad that I got to have a chat with her, not just about music, but about life in general and, uh, where she thinks her own music is headed, it's a, yeah, it's a really honest and a really, really beautiful chat, and uh, I I really like this episode, I think it's one of the best. I know I say that a lot, but I definitely think this is up there. So I won't keep you any longer, ladies and gentlemen, my friend Georgia McDonald, aka Georgia Mac. everyone, I'm David James Young and all my friends are in bar bands. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friend Georgia Mack. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Georgia's uh, fresh, from, uh, fresh from a very extensive trip down from, uh, from Melbourne. We drove up in the Volvo yesterday. It took like 10 hours or something. It was really nice, but also not really nice. You're a bit claustrophobic in a car. Oh yeah, sure. Full car. Especially a Volvo. What? <laughs> well, yeah. But it was comfy. We've got, like, the sheepskin seats. Yeah. <laughs> who, was, uh, who was doing most of the driving? Um, I drove for, like, half of it. Just because, like, it's my Volvo. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love driving it because yeah. it's, like, my favourite thing I own. <laughs> <laughs> Have you named it? Shirley. Shirley. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> we are in Camperdown in the uh, the beautiful home of two former guests, actually, Dave hey. Trajan and Marnie. It's all coming together. The world just continues to get smaller and mm. smaller and smaller. It's a wonderful thing. And uh, Georgia is up here for just a quick couple of shows and then uh, back down to the to the great unknown of Melbourne. 
one of the girls I came up with her sister is having a, a house show tonight. Yeah. And so I just like posted on the page. I was like, let's just drive up from Melbourne. Anyone keen? And then we have a car full of people and we drove up. And That's it was really wonderful. nice. Oh. I didn't have anything else like to do and I needed like a break from Melbourne. You need a break from Melbourne every now and again. Sure. And I thought this was like a good idea because I get to see all the all the loveliest people. <laughs> and you. Uh, yeah, and me. <laughs> and play a house show. And then I got asked to play the Black Choir show today. Or well, I asked to play. I was like, can I get on the bill? And then I got on the... And I'm like, oh, gee, let me think. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You're always welcome at Black Choir. You know Aww, that. <laughs> I'm really excited. I've only played, like, downstairs at Black Choir before in the backyard. Yeah, and yeah, I, I played play, that show too, yeah. I get to play between the bear claws. Yes! So really It'll be nice. pretty epic. Yeah, we'll I'm get excited. you... excited. <laughs> we'll get a photo of you doing the bear claws between the bear claws. Yeah. So it'll be great. <laughs> now, we met for the first time last year at... Weekender. Was, yeah, at Weekender. And that was my first time seeing you play as Aww. well. It was a... Yeah, it was a really wonderful weekend, wasn't it? You that was really nice. Yeah. It was a good weekend. It was a really nice show at the old bar. Yeah. I, was, I felt really special. <laughs> I guess a lot of people came to properly know you for the first time last year with the release of your EP. Yeah, a lot of people would have, especially interstate people, would have gotten to see you for the first time at that show as well. Yeah, I think the weekend was before the Me and Will tour. Yeah, that's right. And that, like, I met heaps of people through that and it was really nice. Yeah, that was a that was a great tour actually. Had a lot of fun with that one as well. Yeah. Good times, good times all around. For those that don't know you, music is basically in your blood. You know, it's 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 a hereditary thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a chip chip off the old block situation. Uh, can you explain how you got into performing and and being interested in music in the first place? Like it was just something that I like grew up with because my dad plays. He yeah. was in Red Gum. Yes. <laughs> a really cool band. And um, so I'd, like, play with him. Like, I can remember when I was, like, four. Like, young enough to be, like... Maybe I was three. Like, right. young enough to be, like, held in my parents' arms. Yeah. And, like, singing with my dad. <laughs> some, like, some cute little song. It was at some pub somewhere. So, like, I've always, like, done it. And always been singing and stuff and I only I started writing when I was like 10 or something but it was so yeah. bad oh, of course it is <laughs> <laughs> I'm not expecting you to come up with your masterpiece at yeah. 10 <laughs> and then I, I did like singing lessons and like my dad taught me how to play guitar when I was like 10 ish and I learnt um Good Riddance by Green Day. Yes, and I was of like, I'm done. I learned guitar. <laughs> You've clocked it. I've mastered it. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than yeah. that. What kind of inspired you, like, to play guitar and like get into writing music and stuff like that? Like, what were you like listening to? Like, or was it just mostly like the influence of your family, or what? What kind of things were the driving force? I guess my dad always encouraged it. I kind of hated doing it because really? of my dad. Because oh right, like when we were little. Like, he'd always make us, like, learn, like, me and my two sisters, he'd always make us learn these, like, songs in, like, three-part harmonies, and then we'd go into, like, his studio and just record it. Like, one of the songs, the last, like, bonus track on my first, like, EP that I just put out. Yeah. No, not just put out. Like, put out, like, two years ago Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bonus track is, like, a song that 
dad recorded me doing when I was like four or something. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's. And he wrote it. No, I didn't. I think I don't, I don't even know what the song is. Old cow hand. Some old song about cows and sheep. And <laughs> Sounds stuff. like a Hank Williams song or something. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, there was that, and then I grew up listening to like because I'd always be like going and seeing my dad like play shows and be like listening to like Bob Dylan and the Beatles. Yeah. And like Johnny Cash, and that was the best. And then when I was like. 10 or something I like got really into Kiss I was like this is the greatest band in the world (laughs) and I really liked like I don't know rock I guess sure yeah and I listened I was listening to like Pat Benatar and like the Runaways and stuff and I was like that's what I want to do and so I started writing my stupid emo folk songs (laughs) can you remember the first song I can still like play it Kind of. <laughs> like, it was a piano song. Okay. Uh, no. It's gone? It's just really dumb. Like, I'm embarrassed. Of course it is. <laughs> I mean, Christ, you were ten. Like, um, yeah. like I said, I, would, I wouldn't expect you to come out with fucking Blowing in the Wind. Yeah, it's just go, like you know? silly pop hits. <laughs> Not even hits, just silly little pop tunes. <laughs> Do you remember the first time that you uh, played live? Yeah, I was in year six. Oh, wow. It was for the music day. And I got up and I played Good Riddance by Green Day. Yeah, you did. In front of my entire primary school. (laughs) And my face was like red and I was like freaking out. And I was just playing guitar real badly. And it was like a nylon string. Good memory. But uh, at the time I was just like like losing my shit. I was freaking out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was a good starting point. Yeah. And then there were always like cuz I did singing lessons at school. Mm. And there were always like the you know the sh- showcase of all the students singing songs. Mm. Yeah, I was I was still like so nervous about that until like I stopped it when I was in like year 10 or something. No, year 9. Stopped doing singing lessons. So I was like this is dumb. <laughs> kind of wish I kept going with it like I wish I kept like learning how to play guitar when I was little so I could like be a shred lord by now but <laughs> I can still only play chords yeah that's that's, that's all you need all right. yeah that's all you need that's that's what great country music is three chords and the truth yeah <laughs> the truth hell yeah the truth is out there you know it it is <laughs> Yes. So high school obviously is a it's a very formative time for for kids when they're properly getting into music and they're playing and stuff like that. Were were you in bands or were you just mostly focused on like playing and performing by yourself? I always found like the band experience kind of uncomfortable because I I don't know like I never really learned to play with other people, so I've just been playing like solo like my entire life. Yeah. And I still, like, don't really know how to do it. Like, I'm still like, how do bands write songs together? Like, so, like, I find that amazing. And I wish I could do it, but, like, I just haven't had enough practice or I never really did it. Yeah. Because I was just, like, this lonely little emo kid. <laughs> they, make the, they make the best solo artists, though. Oh, <laughs> they do. They totally do. Because no one understands them but them. Mm. Oh, I really liked My Chemical Romance and the used and stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Hell like, yeah. It was the best. I was so like, oh, like the Black Parade on Green Day as well. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because they had a big comeback a bit not too long after that. You know, like, once American Idiot came back through, they were like the biggest band in the world again. Like, yeah, American Idiot was the best, dude. Yeah, and then like the album after that was just a bit like, mm. oh, it was it was ass. Like everything, every album they've made since has been terrible, but that album is fucking great. It's perfect. Yeah, it's so good. When did you start uh, recording uh, and uh, putting uh, your own stuff out? Like, obviously, you mentioned. Uh, doing something when you were four, but uh, at what point did you kind of, when you'd been writing these songs, and we, did it get to the point where you're just like, okay, I've got enough here to work with, let's let's get it out there and see what happens? I, I can't even remember, like, I was like 17 or 18, and I'd just like go in and do some recording with Dad. Yeah. And that was like the best. I don't really like recording that much, it was like a oh, really yeah, big sure. step for me, like... yeah. It's like the first time I put like a video on YouTube, I, like, it was like the scariest thing in the world. Mm. And now I'm like, yeah, I just, I just wrote this song, I'll record something bad and put it on the internet. <laughs> what was the video of? A cover of an Amanda Palmer song. Oh, wow. Which song? The one oh, that's like, when I was 17, I was a blowjob queen, picking up tips from the masters. Um, Do you swear to tell the whole truth? And nothing but, but the, the truth, truth to help your black ass. Yeah, yes, that's the one. <laughs> First song that she released after she was dumped by Roadrunner Records. Yeah, back in, I think two thousand nine. I think it was so. Quite a few, quite a few. Such ago. a ripper. She was actually really like inspiring to me when I was like thirteen, fourteen. I like heard the Dress and Dolls, and I was like, "Fuck." I used to write, like, dress and dollsy songs that I've, like, never recorded. They're all, like, just piano songs about, mm. like, people who used to, like, bully me and stuff. <laughs> They're all, like, written in some, like, Emily the Strange notebook of somewhere. Course. <laughs> I don't know. Did you did you move away from piano just uh, I Was it an intentional thing, or did you just feel more comfortable playing guitar? Piano is just really, like, you got to, like... I really don't like playing keyboards. Right. And, like, it's really hard to find, like, venues that have a piano. Yeah, so sure. So it's just like, ah. Uh. Unless it's really, really swanky. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't plan it. Like, no, sure. No. <laughs> Nothing like that. I'm not going to have you at the plenary anytime soon. Oh, but, no. Uh, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, like, just out of, like, convenience, I guess, because you can just, like, carry a guitar around with you, but, like, with a keyboard, it's, like, massive, and it's hard to get, like, the right kind of like, real whole, like, sound mm. that you get from a piano. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I just, like, changed all, this, all the songs that I liked onto guitar and then just started playing guitar-y kind of stuff. <laughs> and you haven't looked back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. At what point do you start busking and uh, start getting involved in that sort of stuff? So the day I got my ATAR score after year 12... Yes. I skipped work and I went into the city and I got a busking license and I went busking that night and made like over a hundred bucks in like two hours Holy and I was shit. just stoked. Nice one. Yeah. And then I just kept doing it after that and like me and my friend Sophie used to like busk on King Street for like on like Saturday nights from like ten till like three or something. Oh wow. And we'd just like make a bit of cash, smoke a lot of weed, and play songs, and sometimes get into fights and go to the police station. Oh wow! Oh, it was only once. It was just like some <laughs> some, that, right? some real like drunk dickhead who just like put his like lit cigarette out in my not lit cigarette. Yeah, it was a lit cigarette. Hmm. He put it like inside my guitar, 
And I was like, what the fuck? And then Sophie, like, went and, like, had, like, a brawl with him. And, like, the cops showed up. And turns out he had, like, a weapon in his bag. It was probably, like, a drill or Jesus something. Christ. And then we had to go and give statements. And we were both just so stoned. <laughs> it, was just, it was ridiculous. That's terrifying. Not not least because he could have well have set your guitar on fire. I know. <laughs> would have had a Jimi Hendrix situation on your hands there. I know, it would have sucked. I would have really sucked. I'm still really angry about that. Like, who does that? That's the that's fucking horrible. It's the worst. That's so bad. Like, you know, like when like you lose a pick in a guitar and you have to like shake it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and you had to do that with the lit cigarette. No, I didn't. Like. I just like shook it once and it came out and I was like, oh. the universe is on my side. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> justice once, justice yeah. once. <laughs> How did that kind of affect uh, your performance? Because uh, we've talked a little bit about your anxiety and, uh, you know, like uh, not being really sure how to deal with putting yourself out there so openly as a performer, you know. did When, when you're out busking, that, did that kind of help build up uh, an idea that you could do this and that you're you're a capable like performer and a capable musician yeah it definitely gave me like a lot more confidence and I could just kind of be like anonymous like just yeah. playing songs but then like people like started to recognize me and that was weird <laughs> but like busking was good because it was like rewarding in that it made me feel better like if I can busk like if I can play music to like random people who just like don't care who are just like walking past and like some throw in change occasionally then like yeah. I can play a show and it will be okay yeah <laughs> I mean do you feel that you've developed and, and grown as a performer especially in the last few years where you've had a lot more people interested in what you're doing and coming out to see you like specifically for you and stuff like that that's what uh, it's so nice you're always like growing and like changing and I feel like because I've, like, kept playing shows, and I play a lot of shows, it's probably, like, not a good thing. <laughs> like, it's definitely made me feel, like, I, I don't know. Like, sometimes I still, like, get... It to, It all depends on, like, who I'm performing in front of. That, like, right. that's, like, what kind of makes me a bit nervous. And sometimes, like... I'll kind of be like, fuck, I shouldn't say that in a song. You can't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but you can. But then I get, like, embarrassed about it. So yeah. I kind of, like, get embarrassed about a lot of my songs. And I'm like, fuck, this is too lame. <laughs> like. Well, that's one of the, definitely one of the first things I noticed when I started listening to, you know, like, uh, you know, you explicitly talk about very specific things and very specific people, you know. There's even, like, full names in there. You can find these people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, shit. She's she's not holding anything back, this one. I think it's, like, good for me, maybe. Mm. Well, I don't know. It's, like, it's just, like, how I, I write. And, like, I try to, like, change it so I'm not, like, so specific and I don't, like, make it obvious. Yeah. I try to keep the people who I sing about as anonymous as possible. So, like, people are like, oh, who's that about? I don't know. <laughs> so you think you've you've learned a bit more about subtlety in songwriting over the years? Yeah, but that's just purely because of, like, just embarrassment. <laughs> Did you like, get in trouble for any of those songs on your first EP? Because there's nah, some, like... <laughs> never. Because, <laughs> like, there's some pretty, like, 
explicit stuff on there where you just like flat out call out some people and it's like yeah, yeah it's like fucking hell <laughs> I don't know. I was like 18. I had a lot of anger issues. Oh, of course. Who doesn't when they're 18? You just come out of high school and being like, fuck, that sucked. <laughs> I hate you all. Yeah. No, some people were great. And I'm still friends with them from high school. Yeah. But, you know. It's just the, it's the airing of grievances. Yeah. <laughs> I find like I can't really write about like happy stuff like i can't write a song like i love the world and this is great and the sun is gorgeous and this park is beautiful fucking blah 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 i just like that's not who i am i'm a very like negative like dark individual and that kind of comes across in my songs yeah but at the same time i feel like there's uh, there's there's a bit of hope in your songs as well. Like it, it's it, at the very least, it's laced with hope. You know, well, like I was writing about a couple of your songs last year when I was compiling my my favorite songs of the oh. year. Oh, um, that was really nice. Thank you. For you're that. welcome. You know, there's there's a in in those two songs in particular, um, "Banks Out of Money" and, and "Footscray," both the songs that I, at, at times have a very defeatist attitude, but they end <laughs> on you know like. A, a positive thought and they they end on this idea that you know there's there's something to get out of it you know because you've you've been through hardship but at the same time there's there's still something to get out of it you know like talking about your grandfather or still having a home to come home to and the idea of family and home and things like that you know what i mean yeah things don't stay bad forever like once you're at rock bottom the only way to go is up like i still like try to remain hopeful about like everything yeah i don't know djy like the world's a pretty shit place but like there are really there are really like great people out there and like that gives me hope i agree yeah um (laughs) like relationships can be really shit over time i've realized that like people don't want to fight and people don't want to like take sides it's always gonna get better and people like i always think of like people are just like the worst but then you like have a conversation you're like wow you're just a just a person i just like blow things up in my head a lot i think that all that just like gets poured into my songwriting so it seems like very intense i guess i don't know what point i'm making i'm just kind of like spewing out no no this is good this is good i have a lot of trouble talking about like my feelings and just like about stuff in general there's like a broken connection between my brain and my mouth yeah sometimes (laughs) i i guess that 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 would be what people relate to though right at the same time as being something that's you're making music that's very intensely personal obviously and and something that has deep roots within you but i'm sure you've been told this but like people will see themselves in certain situations that you sing about or things that you write about and talk about in your song that that somehow resonates with people that that must be you know like an interesting experience to have people just be like oh fuck i've been through that and you're just like really i thought that was very exclusive to to my (laughs) me and my condition you know what i mean that's really nice because like there are lots of songs that I listen to that it's like, fuck, this is exactly how I feel about this person. Or, like, this is, like, what I'm going through. And if, like, people have that about my songs, that's really, like, nice and special. Pretty much since you've started putting out EPs and, and, and making music under your name, uh, you, you've started to play a lot more and... Uh, 
that's involved getting out of Melbourne and, and getting out to a bunch of different places and stuff like that. How have you dealt with touring interstate and, and playing to places that you've never played before? Is is that is that still a, an, an, an interesting experience to you to, to kind of like you said, like to take a break from Melbourne and to get away and see what the rest of the the rest of the country has to offer. It's like going into states always like playing somewhere that isn't like the Rev or the Old Bar is always like yeah. so exciting. Like I love those places so much, and like it's just such a different experience going to like the Cranker or like Blackwire, yeah, or stuff like that. It's like it's really nice seeing like the same scene but in a different city. Hmm. Like, we all kind of, like, share the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Just, like, it's really nice. Like, it's it's still, like, like it's scary sometimes because I just feel like... Sometimes, like, I hate my songs and, like... Yeah, Brian. I'm just like, damn, I should <laughs> be smarter or be better or write less... Obviously. <laughs> so I kind of get a bit, of like, embarrassed, like, playing to people for, like, the first time and be like fuck they're gonna think I'm such a dick (laughs) and well I guess that's just always gonna happen it's something that's I just like kind of deal with by just I just gotta like power through you just gotta keep doing it yeah in in the last few weeks I've I've, I've, when I was in Newcastle I interviewed a bunch of people from Newcastle so I spoke with Jan and I spoke with oh JB yeah (laughs) she gave you a little shout out during the show which was oh my god Lauren Hamill sent me that yeah yeah I got so excited (laughs) I like I just kept watching I was like oh my god Jen Buxton and she kept sending me all these videos of Jen Buxton playing and I was yeah. like oh god damn it was pretty amazing but yeah like I spoke to her and I spoke to Jamie Hay and Liam White and I spoke oh. to yeah uh, Ben from Fans and, and Jack Lundy as well um, and uh, I was talking to all of them specifically about how their surroundings and their upbringings coming through Newcastle kind of influenced how they I guess how they performed and how they uh, interacted with their immediate musical community, and uh, coming coming up through the through the Melbourne scene, and you know meeting meeting people like you know Will and Jamie and Lincoln and and, and even Jen and people like that. How do you feel that uh, Melbourne's musical community, like specifically uh, the one that you know we're most au fait with, how do you, how do you feel that's kind of impacted on you as as a performer and as a songwriter it's kind of like terrifying it's like when i first started like playing with like all these people that i was like i was like listening to like it was like i couldn't really like see them as like people Mm -hmm. i was like you're just this amazing songwriter like you're just amazing yeah and i'd just like make a total dick out of myself and like fangirl out really hard I don't know, and then I became, like, more a part of it and started, like, being, like, friends with these people and, like, talking to them and playing Scrabble with them over words with friends and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's like a a weird, incestuous, beautiful family. (laughs) That's a... That's a beautiful way of putting it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's really good though. Like everyone's like really like supportive of each other and like, yeah, for sure. Everyone plays shows and it's just so nice. Yes, it really is just the nicest, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just love it. What do you have uh, planned for the rest of the year? Like, are you the kind of person that plans ahead and has an idea of what what's to come, or do you just kind of take it day by day and, and see where? 
the music will take you. I'm not really like a person that just like lives in the moment. Like I need to have like plans. I've got like a diary where I write like everything I do just so my life is like a bit structured so it doesn't like become just like a mess. But like I want to make like a a, a record. Yeah. Like a, a big one, like a full LP. <laughs> yeah, they call them albums. Like an album, like a big kid. <laughs> a big kid album. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I plan on, like I'm, I, I want to make a, a record. Maybe this year, maybe next year. But like it's, that's my, that's my plan. I don't really have any touring plans. I don't really like touring because I don't like being away from my garden. <laughs> Like well, someone's got to take plants. care of it. Yeah, someone's got to take care yeah. of it. <laughs> uh, do you, you know? do you see yourself as a homebody then? Like, is it do you do you find it increasingly difficult to kind of put yourself out there as a performer and you know, like get away from your immediate community? No, not really. Like, it's I don't ever want to do like a big tour. I just like I like weekends like this where you just like drive to Sydney and just hang out and play a few shows and that's really nice. And then you go home and. Like, I, I work at, like, a, a bakery cafe. I like doing that. Yeah. It's nice. I go to shows. Like, I'm, I'm comfortable with, like, where I am at the moment. Like, I, like, I just finished my um, diploma of nursing. And, like, I want to be a nurse. Oh, muzzle tough. Yeah, it's very exciting. But also really terrifying. Because I have to go and be a, a real person now with real responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I guess, like, my long-term plan is to just, like work as a nurse and play shows occasionally i don't know i don't reckon i could ever like do anything more than like what i'm doing now with it i don't know i'm comfortable (laughs) with where i am i'm i want to just i want to work at footscray hospital and live in footscray forever and just drive my volvo around (laughs) (laughs) i don't think anyone could possibly argue with that 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 just sounds lovely it's the dream it's my dream (laughs) Okay, uh, so we'll wrap up here, but uh, before we do that, I've asked this of all of my guests, and now it's your turn, GMAC. Mm. Uh, I want to know about your best and worst gig experiences. Feel free to start on either or. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, worst. Um, okay, so there's this place in Melbourne, in St Kilda, called the Espy, and it's apparently the yes. hub of Melbourne music, but, like, fuck off. I played there... Once in and, the front bar, uh, the fucking basement. And, oh, like, shit. the guy who was like booking the show was like, Hey, like, we're just asking like all the performers to like put in like 20 bucks, and like you gotta pay for the sound guy as well. And I was like, Fuck off, I'll bring my own sound guy, I'm not paying to play. And then I played, and uh, it was like a 40 minute set, and I was just struggling. So, like, I can't play 40 minute sets, like, it's too long. Yeah, I was just like really over it, so I just like got drunk off all the free like tinnies that I could find <laughs> and brought my own sound guy and got paid like nine dollars it was hey. just, it was just I was really sick as well so that was probably the worst show the best show oh. you can have more than one if you want I, Spencer went through like five of each <laughs> on your scooter yeah on your scooter the Adelaide show for the me and Will tour because that was the best, because Adelaide is the best place in the world. And everyone there is just, like, lovely and it's just so nice. And they like having a good dance and sing and just... Shout out to Benny G and Steve-O. Yeah, and the whole crew Steve-O! On your Steve-O. 
and she's Bray. Like, yeah. She's the reason why I love Adelaide so much, just because I get to see Beck Stevens. <sighs> what a dreamboat. She is. We've got like matching Mulder and Scully necklaces. <gasps> oh, that's adorable. She sent me like this care package last year. Just of all this, like, really nice stuff and this beautiful letter. And I just got this necklace. And I was like, oh, I want to marry you. Oh. <laughs> we love you, steve Love you, steve Buckets. Call her Buckets. <laughs> That's um, much nicer than my nickname. I call her Brick Shit Ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Do I have a cool nickname? You're just G-Mac. You, yeah, just your, G-Mac. Your, your name is it's it's fine by itself, you know? Yeah, it's actually Georgia McDonald. Yeah. But don't tell anyone. It's a big secret. <laughs> it's also the name of the third song on your last EP. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's a bit of a Yeah, just... Okay, Adelaide's show for Mine and Will Tour. Also, um, okay, the first show that I ever played at The Rev, I was, like, 19 and terrified, and I saw, like my name on one of those like posters like on the wall and I yeah. just like I was like oh my oh my god ah! Ah! and it was with yeah uh, for the Lemon Lime and Jitters tour with Link, Lucy and Jen yes and I played that and I was like I just played all like my really dumb early songs that are just way too hopeful which I feel really like I was just being so dishonest back then yeah that show because that was like the first time I ever like properly got to like watch like all these people that I was just in love with yeah. play a show and I got to play with them and it was just the best the best the best the best oh and also wait yeah. <laughs> I got another Ooh. one the Foxtrot album fundraiser oh right with Iona from Great Cynics oh she's lovely yeah yeah she played on she jumped on that bill and it was the best it was such a nice show but, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, George's uh, split EP with Scooter. Scooter. Scott is uh, out now via Lost Boys, so you can uh, pick that up. Uh, it's basically the same plug that I gave when I had Spencer on the podcast. So uh, that's uh, basically it. And uh, you can also pick up uh, George's previous two EPs from Jackknife Music. Georgia, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. It, it very, very much appreciated. Thanks so much for podcasting me. It's so oh. nice. <laughs> I feel like everything I've said is a little bit dumb. So, so anyone listening, don't judge me. I everyone really, loves Georgia, really Georgia, Georgia. Everyone loves you. Relax, okay? <laughs> DJ, why? <laughs> You're just so nice. Oh, you are. I'm David Jim Jones, and all my friends are This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com.